Howdy, y'all. Riverdog Bakery is the place to go to get something special for your furry little dog friends. Riverdog Bakery makes high-quality, fresh-baked dog treats containing human, food-grade, all-natural ingredients. They don't use additives, they don't use preservatives, they don't use artificial colorings or flavors. So go show your furry little friend how much you love them and treat them to a little something from Riverdog Bakery. Go see their storefront in Knoxville on Kingston Pike across from Homburg Place. Or you can go to RiverdogBakery.com, place an order, and get free shipping on your orders over $50. Riverdog Bakery, it's where your best friends go for treats. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Cosmetic. Cosmetics Hemp Pain Cream helps ease aches, pains, inflammation, and arthritis with their proprietary CBD-infused skincare products. Each bottle of Cosmetics Hemp Pain Cream is infused with 400 milligrams of their patented proprietary water-soluble CBD solution. Be kind to your skin and go to Cosmedicated.com. That's C-A-U-S-E, Medicated.com, and use promo code SOS20 at checkout. Get 20% off your entire order. All right, let's do it. Welcome in, guys. How we doing? My name is Ben Fields. This is my podcast, South of Scruffy. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for doing it. I've got uh, my man Jonathan Halley on the show today. Jonathan Halley is a prodigy. He is uh, the founder of Big Slate Media, which is a production company that's doing some amazing film and television work. And a lot of it is in the commercial space, making a lot of commercials out there. And uh, Jonathan has accomplished a whole lot here before his uh, 30th birthday, which he recently got some uh, 40 under 40 recognition for. Jonathan uh, also created the Knox Media Meetups, which is a group where creators, TV, film industry people get together, get to know one another, have some beers together, chat, get the network thing going. The meetups are fun as hell. And uh, as soon as it's safe to do so, there's going to be more of those Knox Media Meetups. And I highly encourage you to get out to one of those if you can. Keep your eyes peeled with the Facebook group. And Jonathan and I dug into uh, the history of media in Knoxville, the Ross Bagwell tree that's been talked about on this show before that laid the groundwork for the community that we have here. Uh, it was an awesome chat, and I'm glad to get to know the man. It was the first time I met Jonathan, and I'm, I'm uh, really glad that we got to do this. And uh, also, I got to brag on our team at Pop Fizz a little bit. On uh, Friday of last week, we shot a music video for the group Peak Physique. Now, if you guys remember, Matt Honkinen was my first guest ever on this podcast back in December of 2019, and his bandmate in Peak Physique, Will Wright, came on the show a few episodes after that. You may know Will from Little Iffy fame, uh, but right when the pandemic started nearly a year ago, Matt and Will wanted to film a music video, and they posted something about it on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, something like that, and Brian Allen, the owner of Pop Fizz, jumped in the comments and said, we'd love to do it. Then he sent a screenshot of that chat to uh, me, Kristen Majny, Brent Collier at Pop Fizz and said, let's make this happen. <laughs> so after six to nine months of pre-production fits and starts and concepting and writing and all that, we finally shot the thing on Friday. And man, it was an all-star cast and crew for the ages, something I'm so proud to be a part of. Uh, Ashley Moss at Pop Fizz did an incredible job producing it. And there were a ton of amazingly talented people who were involved in that music video to the point where I was just looking around and I was amazed to be in the same room with that many of my favorite people. 
masked and distanced, of course. I'll give you the rundown on it. Uh, Jordan Peltz wrote and directed the Peak Physique video. Jordan also directed Eric Baker's documentary, Composing a Stranger, uh, which we talked about on this show before uh, when Eric was here. And uh, Mike Deering shot the music video. And uh, Mike wrote and directed Matt Stell's music video, Prayed for You, which has 21 million views on YouTube right now and counting. And then uh, aside from having Matt Honkinen and Will Wright there, as the uh, on-camera talent in the music video, the cast was made up of some other South of Scruffy alumni, some other scruff heads. Lauren Lazarus was there. Jody Collins was there. We also had Cody Walters and Sam Thomas was on it. And my buddy Jandy Spencer was there too, which uh, hopefully he'll be coming on the show in the next couple of weeks. We talked about that a little bit, about having him in. You guys would love to hear from him. But I just wanted to brag on that awesome crew a little bit and that amazing undertaking for the music video for Peak Physique that I can't wait for you guys to see. The name of the song is Kickstart. And I hope we get to see that video completed here in the next couple months. We will. It should be done in uh, six weeks or so. But that's what's happening here. You guys ready for my chat with the dude? The high flying? Jonathan Halley. Here it is. We're doing the podcast. I'm super glad that you uh, you said yes to do this. I'm glad we got to after a little bit of a setback. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that I I'm gl- I'm glad that I did not come. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I w- that could have been really unfortunate. To yeah. Do you mind talking around. about? Sure. Yeah. 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 I so yeah. I well I uh I kind of mentioned it in one of the intros, and I didn't want to mention your name just in case you wanted to be private about it. But I said, yeah. you know, I, I had a guest that was supposed to come over this morning. I had I had two of them booked back to back. It yeah. was the same day I did Charlie Debevoise. Yeah, yeah. And I think you were coming at maybe ten, and he was coming at noon. He's already had COVID. So, yeah. uh, but but you you uh, texted like, hey man, I'm not feeling great, and I was with some people over the weekend. I'm not sure. Just want to be careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like two days later, you were like, hey, I'm glad I didn't come. Yeah. Yep. So we were supposed to record Monday mm-hmm. and I was, I, I got up that morning. I was like, okay, I'm just going to like chill today. And tomorrow, if I still have this like tickle in my back of my throat, I'm going to go get tested. Mm-hmm. And so I did, I got, I woke up, still had it. I was like, okay, well, I'll go get tested. And I got a rapid test and it came back negative. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So I went back to the office at like noon and mm-hmm. worked the rest of the day. I just felt like garbage at the end of the day. I was like, I got the flu. I've got something. Like, right. if it's not COVID, I have something. Yeah. So I'm still going to like go home. And uh, the next morning I went to the doctor, got tested again. And, you know, within 12 hours, got a real test back mm-hmm. and had tested positive. I was like, dang. Really? So it went into full texting, you know, everybody I knew to try and. Yeah. Contact tracing yeah, mode. Yeah. Unfortunately, I passed it to one person in our office. Really? Yeah. We So after I tested negative, we were like, well, let's have a meeting. And we had a Zoom yeah. call with a client. We were like, we can take our mask off. I'm negative. Yeah. And. Sure, sure enough, she got it. So. You feel bad about yes, it? Yes, I, I honestly feel terrible because <laughs> she had she I I had an, an okay time with it, but yeah. she had a little bit harder time still really? kind of recovering. So what was I, it like I having feel it? Bad. Um, Symptoms and all that, just like, like I had, I had like a range. I had like I had nausea, the fever, I had the cough, I had sore throat, I had lost taste and smell like day six and seven, and then I took zinc. Um, somebody told me to take zinc. I took zinc and I got my taste back, mm. but I didn't have my smell. Um, and then just like felt like like tired, like just super terrible fatigue. Really? Um, and my doctor actually allowed me to get the infusion. What's that? So. I don't know like full details about it, but from what I understand is it's a like plasma infusion with antibodies. Mm. So they typically give it to like older people right. or like high risk. And I like squeaked in on the BMI and it was like, okay. oh, gotcha. so I, was, I could jump in there. And, uh, 
Dude, I went in and got that. Literally, the next day, walked out, no symptoms. Really? It was crazy. Is that what Trump got when he, yes. when he went yes. to Walter Reed? Exactly. The cocktail yep. they kept the talking about? The cocktail, yeah. 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 It, uh, yeah, it works. It, it works. Yeah. That's it works good. for me anyways. Yeah. That's good. That, yeah. yeah that, I, I walked out of there, and I was tired because of the Benadryl, but as soon as the Benadryl was done, I was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And I had a couple more days in quarantine after that. But but you wouldn't really recommend it, would you? COVID? Yeah. No, absolutely not. The scary thing about that is like, you don't know, like I had an okay time with it, Yeah. but like, who knows, you know, what somebody else is going to have with it. Yeah. I've heard terrible, terrible stories of yeah. young kids <clears throat> dying and, and stuff. So yeah, I don't recommend it. I've heard a number of people with, yeah, all over the board symptoms. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's I haven't, a scary thing I haven't really it. heard of too many people who have tested positive with a real test mm-hmm. and not really had that many symptoms anymore. That kind of seemed like a thing at the beginning, but so, I haven't heard that much about it now. Funny you say that because one guy in our office tested positive last Saturday. Really? He has had no symptoms whatsoever. Really? He had like a slight headache for a few days, but after that, nothing. I was certain I had it at some point. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> after, after, you know, whatever, nine months of going through this, I was like, I know I've had it. I have to have had it. There's no way I haven't. I mean, yep. I've, I've been careful, but not, yeah. you know, not, not crazy. Yeah. And, uh, I went to, uh, I went and got an antibody test and Didn't have nothing. It. Yeah. I thought, I thought same thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Around Christmas time. And, um, you hear so many people like, I'm pretty sure I had it in November. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of, of 2019. Yep. Yeah, and then, well, I'm glad you you made it, man, because uh, yeah, a, a lot of people have beat them up pretty bad. Yeah, over it. younger folks, it's it, you know it's it's beat up, but it's that's the thing that scares me about it is just giving it to yeah. parents or yeah, in laws or whatever. That's the that's the scary part about it. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're back back at it. Yeah, and, thanks for waiting out with me. Of course, I'm glad you hit me up afterwards. I was like, man, I really don't want to bother him after that. Like, so I'm glad you. I'm glad no, you I've been looking forward to this. I'm a I'm a long time listener, first time caller. Nice. <laughs> I'll t- take take your comments off the air. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, man. I've, it's I think it's people. I think you, um, you know, the Brian Allens of the world are are the the folks that. Um, made me want to start this thing is getting, mm. you know, me, you and I would have met if it weren't for this first yeah. off, but yeah. just getting the story out there because I'm so curious about, you know, curious about people like you and, and yeah. all the people around here that do something similar to what we do or somehow contribute to the arts around here, which I think we have a fantastic scene and there's no shortage of stories. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I mean, do you just, you, why you do it is why I listen, right? Like I can listen to any podcast. I love the NBR podcast because I yeah. always learn something. And what's cool about this is I can like put this on and, and listen. And not only am I learning something usually about my industry, but I'm also learning about somebody else in my community mm. that I could maybe run into or do a project with or something yeah. like that. So that's, that's, I mean, yeah, that's what I, I love hearing yeah. those stories because you never know where the connection is going to come. Well, good. Um, You're like the ideal guest and the ideal <laughs> listener. I need to clone you. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be your advocate. So. Thank you. <laughs> well, congratulations on the 40 under 40 thing. That I saw in the yeah, in thanks. the was it News Sentinel? Yeah, uh, that the, does that the every business year? journal. Knox or Knox business. Knox. I should know this. Knox. Yeah, it's the Knox. It's the News Sentinel, but it's their business journal. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's excellent, man. And you're not even thirty, right? I'm not. I'm twenty nine. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's squeaking in. I'm starting a new thing. It's it's uh, top thirty under thirty. I think. Yeah, that's I, no, they just... used to have that. I think Forbes has that. Oh, maybe I should try for that. I, I get, think you should. <laughs> I've yeah. got a few more months. I learned that today when I was researching the uh, CEO of Robinhood. 
<laughs> He's in some hot water right now. <laughs> he is in a little hot water, isn't he? And I'm not too happy with him either, but you know, yeah. it's, he's trying to do the best he can. But he's, yeah, there's going to be some, some, did you, I hope there's some good things happening. Yeah. Me in, too. Around some justice there. Did you get in trouble with the, with any of that? Did not it really. Did you up too bad? I was late to the game on GameStop, but mm-hmm. I tried to get on in on AMC and Nokia. And then, and like I hadn't placed the order that night in Robinhood, the night that all the craziness happened. Mm-hmm. And they do after hours trading, so you can yeah. like put it in. And then I woke up the next morning and said my trade had been canceled. And yeah. I was like, what? Why and then I started happen? looking into it. I was like, oh, no, this is – that's garbage. Yeah. Like, that's – yeah. That's Did you see okay. David Portnoy's rant, the Barstool CEO? Oh, yeah. I, yes. He was pissed. <laughs> yes, he was. And rightfully so. People need to go to jail. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's it, – the irony of that app being named Robinhood and seemingly – whether they meant to or not, they yeah. probably didn't mean to. But whether they meant to or not, protecting the rich, it's just – it's the it's so ironic. Did you hear the excuse? I'll call it an excuse, but did you hear the reasoning? Yeah, for- they, it's it was like something around like the volume of trades or how they how, basically how they structure their business is that they're. Yeah, right, I think all, or- all of their trades have to get cleared through a clearinghouse yeah. and they get they get uh, billed from that clearinghouse per trade. And, <laughs> and they were like, yeah, we're getting wiped out right now. And they got a, a they got a, a, a you know, three billion dollar invoice at you know three three o'clock in the morning allegedly. Yeah. yeah, and they just had to stop it to save their their business. That's what that's what I read. Yeah, well, I hope that's true. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, I'm sure there's terms and conditions somewhere that I've agreed to. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah. It's it's yeah. yeah. It's like the Trump Twitter ban too. Exactly. <laughs> they can do whatever they want. They, yeah. You sign the it's thing. Like, so. It's it's legal. <laughs> yeah. Is it ethical? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Two different questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, how long? So you you've got your production company, Big Slate, and yep. you guys started it. How long ago did you start it? So 2015 is awesome. when we kicked things off. I was in web development before that, okay. and then, um, the guys that I was working for, we kind of partnered together on Big Slate, and it was going to be this like agency kind of thing that, um, you know, we do a little production, but most of it was like websites and yeah. SEO and that kind of a more traditional agency approach. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, we, we grew pretty quick in the first couple of years and the production b- company did or the, the agency, the big slate, big slate, which was kind of both of those things at one time. Gotcha. Um, and then there was another company that was the web development company. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a constant pipeline of work that was, yeah. you, you kind of had yeah. one, one client that was giving you a bunch of work and, and you were yeah, an in in-house production arm a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so we, we, we hired a couple of people and grew quickly and I was like, man, I got to get. I got to get a hold of this because my two other partners in the company were not, they're great guys, but they were not, they were not production people. Right. And that's where I wanted to take the company was in the content creation direction. Um, and so I bought them out in 2017 and, uh, yeah, dude, since then it's been, it's been nuts. We built a studio downtown. Um, yeah. Where's your we, studio? I don't know. We, uh, a, Abilene Place, you know where Patricia Nash is yeah. on Sixth Avenue. Sixth Avenue, yeah. I used so to live in Park Ridge. I, okay. I lived on Washington Avenue. So, like right could probably literally stand in our parking lot, throw a rock, and hit your house. It's, yeah, it is. Yeah, we're right, right on the yeah, right across from Patricia Nash there. Okay, so. on the other side of the street, on the other side of Sixth yeah. Ave. Yeah, like okay. when you're coming down, you see the sketchy houses. We're yeah, like yeah. behind the sketchy houses. Nice. Yeah. Nobody so. will ever suspect. <laughs> exactly. It back there. <laughs> exactly. What's going on with the standard knitting mill? Any idea? So, yeah, I heard rumor that maybe two years ago a company bought it for several hundred million or something like that. From uh, so the like, South Carolina company? Yes. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know if it's the same people that own it that this story relates to, but they basically were like, if we had bought that for nothing, 
we still couldn't turn a profit on it because of how much work needs to be done there. It's in bad and shape. It really is. It's, I mean, I don't even think the bones are good, um, yeah. but definitely nothing else. Um, I've shot in there before. Yeah, no doubt. We, uh, we, we shot a, a, a flooring shoot in there and it was, it was still photography, but it was huge. We had to have 60 person crew to load in, you know, uh, to load in construction supplies to build a set inside there. Yeah. And it was nuts it is, and it was beautiful. Did you shoot like first floor, like where the big columns are and stuff? Uh, yes, we did. Like, kind of by the loading. Docks. Thankfully <laughs> our client wanted to shoot on the second floor. It was not close to the loading docks. We had to go all the way through the loading docks. And then the and center stairwell. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, it was just beyond the center stairwell. So it's got like that hole in the middle of the building mm-hmm. that's kind of outdoor space. Yeah. So we use that as a background. So you've got this like loft looking vibe, yeah. exposed stuff, and then outdoors creeping in to the space. Cool. So it was really beautiful. Did it turn out good? It turned out great. But that building is sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> I went in one time, uh, went to the second floor, mm-hmm. and this was before they boarded it up and stuff. And um, I don't think you can get in there now unless you know the secret <laughs> passages. Yeah. But th- did you go to the second floor and see the yeah. way the floor what I don't remember remember that, it, but was it, it? If you look across, it's all like wood floor, and it literally looked like the ocean. Really? It was, yeah, it was just like the boards going up and okay, down that, and up and down. It was wild. Yeah, it's like I, a, a ripple across the whole. Really? Thing. Yeah. I was the uh, I was the first AD on that shoot, so I was responsible for getting everybody in and out <laughs> and safely executing this thing and not and, getting tetanus. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, I had to really play bad cop on that shoot. Yeah. Like, like no we're doubt. not going to make our day if we shoot on the second floor, yeah. it's unsafe to go up the stairs. Nobody's going to be able to find it. Our crew's got to load in at night. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's tough, but that building could be something so awesome. It could. Yeah. It, I mean, Absolutely. I, I, right now I really want to have like an FPV drone race in there. I think that would be like led kind of like, that'd be awesome. Um, do you do that drone racing stuff? I've gotten into it recently. Um, I'm a, yeah, I'm like super drone nerd. That's how big slay started was I bought a drone. It was like, I'm going to do a video company out of this kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, the next evolution of drone is definitely FPV. Really? Um, and so that's, you think even for cinema or even for commercial work? So people are figuring out how to fly reds and fly, uh, you know, the little Komodo. Um, we're right now like octocopters and stuff like that. Even 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 a quad. So like, you know, you're talking like a, probably in total 20 inch with blades quad and it's lifting, you know, a cook lens and a, and a, and a red Komodo. That's um, nuts. And people are going and diving buildings with them and doing all sorts of stuff. Um, That's a $25,000 so yeah. wreck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, I'm, I'm trying to get into that in terms of like, we're trying to figure out how to lift like an a seven S three or something yeah. like that with, you know, a light Sony lens. Yeah. Um, but because it's a very expensive wreck. I'm practicing, I'm building my yeah. own, you know, smaller drones first and wrecking those. And, and then so you're building, you're building the FPV drones. Yeah. You kind of have to really. Like, yeah. You can't, they don't really I mean, sell you, them. You can, as... you can get, they call it bind and fly. They, you can get a bind and fly, but it's, I mean, it's just, you're going to wreck it and you're going to have to fix it. So you better mm-hmm. learn how to do it on the front end. You better learn how to put a new motor on. Cause you're going to burn that one out. Gotcha. Um, so I, I bought a few bind and flies and then wrecked them. And yeah, the, like, the just... advice was given ahead of time, but I didn't listen. And so now, yeah, I'm, I'm in the, into building, um, 
fun fact about Knoxville, uh, the number one uh, drone pilot in F- racing drone pilot, DRL is the ma- like major league mm. drone racing league. Um, they fly on NBC. He is, lives in Maryville. He's really? a 17-year-old kid. Uh, he's super cool. Um, he's been a huge help in helping me kind of learn wow. the ropes. And then the number one YouTuber in FPV um, – Joshua Bardwell, he lives in Knoxville. Really? Um, yeah. So it's like Knoxville's like among the million things that Knoxville's a hub for. Of yeah. course, it's a hub for FPV, you know, drone people now too. So it's yeah. crazy. Well, I think you you spoke to it a little bit in your uh, 40 Under 40 article. You mentioned that Knoxville was the fifth largest production market. I've always heard that. I don't know if yeah. it's true. But. <laughs> Man, I've been quoting you. I've been putting you in the footnotes. I've been oh, citing that article. That's great. That's yeah. great. No, I, it, I it's have, somewhere it's, it's, it's gotta be, I it's mean, disproportionate to the population. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, it, absolutely. There's way more production here than there should be yeah. for how many people live here. Absolutely. And that's, that was what, you know, the Charlie Debevoise, when he was here, we, that was a big part of what we talked about w- yeah. because he knows why. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I listened, I listened to that because yeah. I, I'd never heard the Bagwell story and yeah. he kind of dipped into it and it it's crazy it is it's crazy yeah i how, actually how now we're just this mecca because of because a handful of people really but i mean but it can guy. it can come down to that guy like, yeah. yeah you really can trace it all back when you look yeah. at the stephen lands and the north south yeah. and, and all that it just kind of all yep it's not hard. You you have to go back a generation and a half just to see the origin. Yeah. And we, we owe that guy a big thanks. I actually reached out to his assistant about having him on the podcast, but I think, I think he's probably not, not cut out for it these days. Not into that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, from, from, from what I've heard, he's just in, you know, not as good a health as he used to be. Oh, gotcha. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. But his tree is amazing. And they built this infrastructure that has, Allowed companies yeah. like your company and our company, Pop yeah. is to to it's to live and breathe. It's amazing. You think of the 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 big name shows that you go somewhere and you're like, oh yeah, snapped. You know, oh mm-hmm. yeah, HGTV. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, you know all all of these huge you know major networks and shows that are on major networks are all here. Like what? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it makes at all. no sense. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's it's kind of a cool privilege to. I'm I'm born and raised here. I don't I don't know if you yeah, are. You are. I, I are you? am. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. Born and raised. Yeah. For Did sure. Did you know this? Like, I kind I, of. I feel like I woke up one day and was like, I'm starting a production company. Holy crap! Yeah. Like what? <laughs> How did I not see this? I kind of knew it because uh, I did a lot of uh, child acting. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> and modeling. And, yes, modeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had an agent, Cindy Swicegood, uh, at 18 Carat, uh, who uh, Man, passed away legit. a few years ago. And she she had some good clients that were out getting a lot of print work, and uh, she signed me on. She got me a lot of work. I'm, I I did uh, some HGTV commercials when I was awesome. you know 12 and 13 years old. I remember going to middle school and I kept my makeup on just you know so somebody would ask like, are you wearing makeup? Oh yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I was, I was, I was commercials. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, I got paid 300 bucks. Do you want me to sign your library card? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I I kind I kind of yeah. knew about it from a young age. I was at least aware yeah, of it you know things were happening but even like after i got done with film school which was in south carolina uh i you know i didn't I really think about knoxville as a place to make a career out of it i was thinking more big market you right. know i was thinking of going to a new york and la atlanta yeah. wasn't really happening yet um yeah and you know 
our school, the, uh, my film school, had a an affiliation with a school in uh, Seattle called Seattle Film Institute, and they had internships available up there. They shot in Vancouver a lot, so that was more on my cool. radar. But I came back to Knoxville because. Uh, I wanted to intern with one of the production companies around here. I just heard, you know, I heard there were a few of them around. I said, I can live with my parents for free, you know, right yep. out of school <laughs> and I can make, I can bartend and make no money and, and go, <laughs> you know, and, and just kind of intern, get my feet underneath me. That's exactly what ended up happening. Um, but I was shocked at the volume once I got in, once I got yeah. into the world, started going on Jupiter sets and uh, worked with a guy named Michael Underwood. Uh, Tantrum Pictures was the name of his company. And then there's uh, Phil Hardison, which was another guy out there who's uh, who's making stuff at the time. Flip Films was his company. And there were all these just different companies who would, would keep the freelance market afloat. Yeah. And while they were keeping the, these, these great gaffers, these great camera operators, these great camera assistants, these great hair and makeup people that we have around, uh, while they were keeping them busy – uh, those people were also, they were able to make enough of a living here, but they were also able to go play in Nashville, play in Atlanta, play in other big markets, mm. learn how the big boys are doing it, bring, bring that, that stuff here. back here. Yeah. And so it, it, it just further bolstered and synergized this, you know, this talent pool that is still here yeah. and has proliferated yeah. somewhat. Like all those people that I've mentioned have, uh, been very sharing with their information. They want to, they want to make the scene better. They want to, you know, be able to have good people to call them to put on their crew and all that. So we, we really lucky to have the volume of work here, um, to be able to sustain the freelance market. I think that has been really the, the, I, I think the biggest get, uh, that came from that, that whole tree is that it, it, it built this marketplace of really talented technicians, technicians and individuals uh, that that enable us to do the big boy work mm-hmm. when the time comes. You know, it's not like you got to call Nashville to hire your whole crew if, right. if a show comes here. You can you get can locals that can do just as good a work. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty pretty stellar. River Media, another one of them. You know, yeah, another one to, to one of the giants that's been around for a while. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, do, what's your uh, uh, what are you, what's your guys' bread and butter at Big Slate? Is it commercials? Is it TV shows? Is it online digital content? It like one of the cool things that I love about my job is that it's like we don't have we don't have that like we don't have a bread and butter. We do like uh, we just do a little bit of everything. It can be tourism stuff and and creating ads that are going on broadcast or going on digital. We can uh, we'll we'll create a, a virtual event. We'll do. Uh, you know, ads for YouTube. We'll do YouTube series, like, you know, a bunch of short videos. I, I guess to like, long story short, a lot of our work is for businesses, for small businesses. It's B2B we, stuff. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's so, probably, is that more of a volume game than it is uh, getting a big client that just pays yeah, half your payroll for the whole absolutely, year? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we've done some stuff with HGTV and that was like, that was a cool experience. Um and, but we, so I got a taste of like, okay, this is a huge project. We're going to shoot 12 days and you know, all, yeah. all this kind of stuff. And that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess in, in terms of that, yeah, it's probably is more of a volume game. We're going to shoot, you know, one or two days for most of our projects. Yeah. Um, and, and be able to post it in, you know, a week or two weeks and, wow. and turn that out. Yeah. Um, and part of that, I guess, comes down to kind of our philosophy as a company is, is that like. Gone are the days that a company needs a 30 second spot and that's it. 
they 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 need that 30 second spot. Yeah. They need it nine by 16, 16 by nine. They need a 15 second version of it. They need four t- 10 second versions of it because it's going to go on in a six because it's yeah. going to go on YouTube, YouTube bumper, pre-roll. And it's going to, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's all, I do. It, it's all, it's all, uh, yes. You know, it comes down to volume. And what's interesting <laughs> is that the price to make a video has not necessarily gotten cheaper. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, the demand your is hard gone up. Co- your hard cost to make something right. has not time gotten is time, any, yes. right? Like you still like. I mean, everybody knows that you can. If if you have more time, it's gonna look better. Like that's that's yeah. that's what it comes down to. Um, but you know, the demand is so great of of volume, and and the consumer demand of quality, I think, has gone down. I think so too. So so that's an interesting place for a production company to sit because. You want to, you know, you and me as artists, we want to make the best thing ever, right? We want everything to to look like, look amazing. Yeah. But the consumer doesn't necessarily need that. The business doesn't necessarily need that. So how do you, how do you make those two things in me? And I think that I want to say that's one thing that we're good at. I don't know. That's one thing we're trying to be is, is kind of figuring that out. I think, I think that's one thing that, that Brian Allen identified in the marketplace pretty Mm -hmm. early on with pop fizz and that I was super resistant to when I started working there <laughs> and admittedly. So, yeah. I mean, we butted heads for two years and yeah. we're like, this is not the way to do it. Like, this is not, you know, this is not right. Let's give our, let's give our best at this, you know, at this one thing, instead of making all these deliverables for this, yeah. for this client, the more, the more we offer them, the more we, we say we can do, you yeah. know, the, the more we're watering down the quality of the product. Yeah. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, but now I think that I don't want to, I don't just want to simplify it and say quantity is more important than quality because that's not the case, but quality is uh, a lot, uh, quality is a lot more value, excuse me, quantity is a lot more valuable to a client now than it was when eyeballs were just on broadcast television. Now they need something to, like you said, put on broadcast, put on a phone nine by 16, You know, all it's, these different It's got to play into because you, you back that up another step. So back that up into the marketing element of it and the sales element of it, I guess, really, of, you know, what's the funnel look like? And their funnel now used to be broadcast, right? Mm-hmm. It was just kind of this one place and maybe some direct mail or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Now it's like an email campaign, a social campaign, a YouTube campaign, mm-hmm. a Snapchat campaign. Like, and, and, you know, let's talk about brand messaging and sure. that kind of stuff, too. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm it's it's kind of an interesting world and I think from a from a creator standpoint and this may be where you guys butted heads cuz this it's where I butt heads with myself at least um is just like you know, it's fun to make certain type of content because it pays the bills. Um but sometimes you just want to do something that moves somebody yeah. and you just want to, you want to take the time to light something cause you know what it could be. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, man, I really want to just spend the time to do that. Yeah. And for us, what we've started doing is, is and this year we're trying to, we tried last year. Um, everybody tried something last year, um, <laughs> but and that, this was one of our things, but this year we're going to lean heavy into passion projects yeah. into, into, to coming up with ideas internally mm-hmm. and big slate footing the bill to pay to make that happen. If we sell it, great. If not, cool. Yeah. We've had fun. We're, we're, we've never done anything narrative. So we're going to try to do something That's narrative great. and and see if, you know, really fail at it. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then we know how to do it next time. Yeah. But well, do you got like it from like, how do you, how does, how do you keep yourself like sane? 
from yeah, from, from, yeah, from doing yeah. the, the volume game and getting yeah. so much kind of almost like a factory. You're just kind of putting out yeah. content that you really don't get to put your soul into 100% of the time. Exactly. How? Uh, <laughs> passion projects are a really good way to do it. Like uh, the last, let's see, the last two years, uh, 2020, I didn't do it. But in 2018 and 2019, I went down to, I went to Belize in 2018 and I shot a saltwater fly fishing film. Mm, uh, that's trying to catch a grand slam tarpon. Awesome. Permit and bonefish in in Belize, and we did that. And then uh, 2019, we went to Colombia and we uh, and uh, fly fish for yellowfin tuna, and caught you know, dude, like <laughs> hundred pound tuna <laughs> like on the fly. That's amazing. Uh, and and we made we made some films out of it, and you know, the nicest thing in the world for for Pop Fizz to let me do that, you know, yeah. and go down there and and just do something to break a little bit of the of the monotony. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it, you know, it, in a way it was helpful because yes, it let me do something that, that I was passionate about. And a couple of other guys on our team were passionate about. It gave us some referenceable work to be able to point towards if we, you know, go after outdoor brands yeah. or, you know, Absolutely. anything like that. Um, Use it as that portfolio yeah. builder. Yeah. And it also taught us how to do that. Yeah. You know, it, it taught us I mean, it, if nothing, I mean, in, in its most basic, in its most, you know, basic lessons we got, we learned what kind of camera package to take to South America with you. You know what I mean? And how to pack it, yeah. and, you know, or how not to pack and it. what the federales are going to ask you on the tarmac. You know? <laughs> so it's stuff, it's stuff like that, but it's finally, yeah. that has finally come to fruition. We got it into a couple of film festivals this year awesome. and then, uh, uh, both of those films are, are in a film festival. We made another one last year locally, not locally, but in the United States. And uh, so that's kind of been that's kind of been my passion uh, world. But we are we're all kind of uh, emboldened to do that mm-hmm. at our company because, awesome. to, you know, I mean, I think it's a it's a burnout fighter, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And you got to have it. I think that's so you gotta awesome. You got to find the things. Yeah. You got to find things that you can be passionate about and and be able to pursue that in your nine to five. Like, yes, that's yeah, yeah. so important. I think it's super, super cool that you're thinking in, in those terms too. I mean, I yeah. look at Brian as yeah. a visionary and, and same. I love working for that guy. And then when I see you doing the same things that, that he's doing yeah. without knowing that I, he's I doing them, I'm like, Oh, perfect. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome that you guys are doing. That. Absolutely. Doing yeah. the thing. And for the same reasons too. It, yeah. It sounds like, um, but we're doing, we're doing more of that, more of that stuff this year. And that's, that's really important. We put days aside, we put, you know, internal resources, sunk costs into, yeah. into doing that. I know pre pandemic that I had sat down with, with Kristen and, and Brent and, and Brian for a, a meal one night and, talk, pitch them on an idea. Um, and we were heading down the path and then, you know, COVID happens. So, yeah. Um, you know, hopefully it's, it's cool that like our company's culture are aligned. We do similar work, right. But yeah. like our, our cultures are aligned and we can come together on a project and hopefully one day we'll, we'll get back to that. But there's a couple ways to look at it and, and approach it from, from our companies or our, our uh, respective company standpoints. And, way a to look at it is screw those guys. This is a zero sum game. (laughs) If they get the business, I don't get that business. And then the other way to look at it is the, you know, rising tide floats all boats. Um, And I'd say we index more towards the latter there. And uh, it sounds like both of our companies do because. And I would, I would say we're not alone in that from a production company standpoint in Knoxville. Yeah. I have a good relationship outside the market. Maybe not, but yeah, but here I feel like a lot of people are in that, you know, water's mm-hmm. rising kind of situation. Cooperation. 
Yes, that's great. Yeah, I heard some really <laughs> smart cooperation. <laughs> co- yeah, I heard some some guy say that one time, and I was like, "That's that's, that's exactly right." Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, when I told uh, when I told the team that you were coming over tonight, uh, ever it, it was the same. It was the same sentiment from everybody, which was, "I hope we can. I hope we can work with them this year. I hope yeah. we can do something." And hilariously, tomorrow, Pafiz is in our studio. That's crazy. <laughs> That's so funny. yeah, it's happening. Yeah, it is. It's happening tomorrow. <laughs> it's happening. We're not we're not doing anything. We're just providing like a warm building, but like yeah, it's we're it's happening. <laughs> it is so what I know about your company and what I know about you pretty much came from the press that I've that I've read. I do a little bit Don't of research before people <laughs> I mean this guy's in Knoxville is the fifth largest production market in America. Shit up. Yeah, all day long. <laughs> Uh, uh, but I, I, I remember taking away from that, that the studio was kind of a big part of your model. Is that right? Or yeah, no? it was a big part of the philosophy more than the business model. Um, so we definitely not made money on the studio. Right. Um, but it was built with the intention of like, you know, there's, there are studios in Knoxville. Um, we're not, you know, alone in having a curved wall. Yeah. That's a great place to shoot. Um, but it, it was built with the intention of, you know, going back to the philosophy of people need more content now more than yeah. ever kind of thing um, was like, how do we make a cheap, easy way for the small business person, the medium sized business person to come in, shoot their YouTube series. We'll set everything up. They can press record. They can do all the stuff that they want to do. And we'll just be there cool. to do whatever we need to. So that was kind of the the philosophy was like, let's just build a place that's big enough for, for us to be able to shoot some stuff, but mostly for the community to try and use. And it's been cool to like, allow you know give opportunities to some photographers or to some mm. music video guys that are trying to you know scrape stuff together be like hey use the studio and you know shoot they've never shot on a psych wall and unless they had a big budget they would right. probably never have that opportunity but mm-hmm. because we exist they have that opportunity they to, can do to play around with it so yeah um at relatively low risk and you know we get to meet people and have fun so yeah because it's not cheap you know, to rent a studio and, uh, and, yeah. and it's, it's cost well, prohibitive and, well, for a lot of companies. And most of the time it's not a, it, like for, for a lot of projects, it's not even like a line item on the budget. Like they haven't even thought about that, that right. I've got to have a studio space. It was mm-hmm. just, you know, this will be a location thought. shoot. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. well, that's great. So, so it hasn't necessarily played out as being this, you guys didn't, didn't turn into it just a studio <laughs> that everybody comes to shoot at, but it yeah. is an important part of the fabric of the framework. Yeah. The absolutely. start of the company. Yeah. I remember the, I think the first time, I think the first time I heard your guys name, I may have heard it before, but, um, uh, we were at the Bassmaster classic that was here, which is yeah. like the super bowl of, yeah. uh, of anglers. Uh, yeah. Fishing. Of bass fishing. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, local guy, Ot Defoe, won it, yep. which is great. He's love a, yep. love that. I've been trying to get him on the podcast. I've got a connection with him. I'll been, I'll okay, yeah. cool. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but I uh, I look up and, uh, and and I see a drone and I'm like, sweet, they've got a, they've got a drone covering the event. And yeah. Kristen Majny was like, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Big Slate it's, and it's going live to ESPN yeah. or something yeah. like that. I was like, yeah. how do you? Hey, you can't do that. <laughs> so which sorcery no, is this? Exactly. No, records an SD card. You're wrong about that. No, yeah, we did. We we were the that to my knowledge, that was the first time on ESPN that a drone had been taken live. And, really? Um and we we got together with another company in uh, out of Arkansas that that they they produced the whole show. Um and they were like, Hey, we we need some drone ops. And I was on the phone with them, was like, Hey, would you want to like try and throw this to the feed? 
And uh, and he was like, what? he had a similar reaction yeah. of like, that's not possible. No, no. I was like, I'm pretty sure it is. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And um, and we did. We yeah, used Teradek LTE card, my Verizon MiFi card, and we were sitting in the middle, Loudon Lake, and you know, pumping a feed to the truck, and they're they're throwing it up. That's, that's crazy. Nuts, man. Yeah. That's so we cool. Barely had cell phone service, but somehow we're getting a. a a, you know, three megabit per second signal out. It's not great, but it's something. Yeah. So that's absolutely nuts, man. Yeah. All right. That was a, a spectacle to behold. Dude. The whole, the whole uh, thing. I had no so, idea. So you're a fisherman. Yeah. I didn't I know mean, this about I, you. I fly fish. Okay. Uh, I don't know a lot about, I mean, and I'm new to it. I've been doing it, okay. you know, Same. five years maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um. So uh, I, I don't really know a whole hell of a lot about the, the angler world. I, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, bass fishing tournaments on TV and never paid much attention to it. Yeah. Uh, I, I certainly had no idea that they were going to, you know, fill up uh Thompson bowling arena with 25,000 people to watch dude. the weigh in. Dude. You know what I mean? There, there were, I think what I heard, there were 58,000 people at the launch that first morning at Calhoun. Yeah. Right. All along the river there. And we were on the opposite side where Baptist hospital okay. used to be. That's where we were flying. From. Yeah. And, uh, and it it's full. It made a just, UT football game look like nothing yeah, down there, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And they blast crazy. off right at the first light. Yeah. They just go. Yeah. Like they, when it's safe, so, they so go. So there's 50 boats all in a row and they just, yeah. the guy says go and they, they're, you know, these boats are going 60, 80 miles an hour. Yeah. And they just gun it right there and, and run down the river. It's, it's pretty cool. So we filmed the blast off of the Bass Master Tournament uh, at, you know, six in the morning at mm-hmm. Calhoun's. Mm-hmm. And we drove after that about <laughs> an hour to Teleco. Yep. And we got in a in a in a bass boat, and somebody drove us out to to film some stuff with an angler angler named uh, Brandon Polinick. Yeah. And he was out there. He's like one of the youngest guys. Yeah. yeah. He's super YouTube star. He's cool. Yeah, he yeah. is. He's a cool dude. We got we yeah. got to hang out with him a little bit after the after the weigh in. He he did pretty well in the yeah. tournament. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we went out there, and it's like. How did he beat us here? You know, he, he drove like, <laughs> yeah, he drove yeah. a long ass way in that boat. Yeah. And like and dude, an hour and a half and at 75 cold. miles an hour. It, it was, was super cold. 40 degrees or something. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. And they each have a, a cameraman and a, um, a marshal in yeah. the boat, a marshal to make sure they're not cheating. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then a cameraman. And I'm just, I'm just picturing all these people freezing their dude, ass off. So, <laughs> so we we're in a similar situation. So we fly we get we fly that launch, then we drive to Loudon and we put in at Concord, I think. Yeah. And we've got a, a a driver and that guy is driving us from from angler to anglers angler. So oh, we've wow. got we've got a, a special app that tells us where the guys are because gotcha. nobody else is supposed to know. Right? Yeah, yeah, because um, then they know where each other right, are. Exactly. And so if Ott Defoe's in the lead, that's where he's then, been fishing, that's come where fish I'm there. going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or the next day they're going to come fish there yeah. and tear it up. Um so anyway, so yeah, we're doing that. We're we're going, we're jumping in a boat. Our guy's driving as fast as he possibly can to, we're just running the lake trying to get to this guy. And half the time we get there and they're picking up and moving somewhere else. Yeah. And it's the most frustrating thing. But the deal is we pull up and we got to build the drone on the front of the bass boat, mm-hmm. take off, try and fly, you know, call in and get the, get the thing and then come back and land. And it's 40 degrees yeah. and it's, it's windy. We f- filmed in Gunnersville, Alabama last year and, uh, there was there was it was forty mile an hour winds one day. Really, it was insane. <laughs> the drones, you know, sitting sideways completely, trying to just stay trying still. to stay still. Yeah, yeah. I uh, 
the one of the scariest moments in my life was trying to uh, land a, a drone on a panga in the middle of <laughs> super windy chop yeah. in uh, in Belize, and we didn't wreck it that day. We wrecked it the next day, but uh, uh, but I mean, like, it's were you were you on the controls when it when it wrecked? I wasn't. Okay, somebody else was, and it was uh, we were we were shooting this shot. We'd been fishing all day. We were flying it down the dock, and. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, the object avoidance sensors they have in them. Mm-hmm. We were flying it off the end of the dock as some guy ran underneath and dove into the water. Right. Well, at the end of the dock is this post, just a small post. It couldn't have been three inches around. Well, the the object avoidance picks it up. So we watch it all the time. The video is hilarious because <laughs> it flies right up to it and goes beep, 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 beep. And then sideways, like strafes into a palapa like a like a can of like a, a canopy yeah like bamboo you yeah. know and then just <laughs> it landed on the dock though somehow thank you obstacle avoidance yeah exactly <laughs> thank you for for, for avoiding straight, that obstacle and putting me in that obstacle. flying it into another one it's funny it sounds like we both shot on the water quite a bit <laughs> yes yeah i'm a water it's fiend. not easy it's not fe- it's not easy and it's it's yeah it's it's stressful yeah for sure so so you t- also, from my research, uh, did a little bit of uh, of acting when you were a kid, too, Oh, right? no. Yeah. Did you grow up yeah, here? I did. Yeah, I grew up in Knoxville. Where'd you go um, to school growing up and all that? I went to – so I was homeschooled until okay. high school, and then I went to Berean Christian School. Super really? small private school on the east side of town. Yeah, my mom dude. was a teacher there. Cool. Um, she taught there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a couple and, people who went to school there. Okay. Um Carrie, uh, oh gosh, what's her last name? That, that works at uh, HGTV. Carrie Sanders. Oh yeah, Carrie Sanders. Yeah, and then, she was a great above me, I think. Was she? Yeah. And then uh, another dude who just graduated a few years ago, who actually interned with us at Pop Fizz. His name's Matthew Wilson, and he is he's twenty one now. Uh, okay. So young kid, and like I'd never heard of the school until I met Carrie Sanders, and everybody I meet there super, <laughs> from there is super cool. It's a weird group of people, but it's like, a small school, you, right? Yeah, there's there were twenty nine, I think, in my graduating class. So yeah. like, you knew everybody's home telephone number, sure. their brothers and sisters, you know, yeah. no secrets. Well, yeah, absolutely not, yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, which good and bad. Um, yeah. It kind of forced you to be friends with everybody. So sure. um, yeah, it was a cool place to grow up. And then I went to went to Lee University for a little while. And then I went to UT for a little while. Where's Lee University? It's in Cleveland, Tennessee. It's about okay. 45 minutes south of here. Cool. 75. Yeah. It's a, a, a church of God. Um, very, you know. Yeah, Christian place? Christian, Christian school. Yeah. Um, cool. And then I decided I wanted to like get a more formal business education. So mm. I went to UT for a couple semesters and then dropped out and did a tech startup with some of my buddies for probably two years. And then I went back to Pellissippi for a little while and just, I just never finished. I was like, I can't get back into school at this point. I was, I it's, was, it's hard once had, you start making money. Yeah. I had a lot of irons working. in the fire and yeah. it's just like, yeah, making money or, you know, having passion about something. Um, yeah. I guess not to say people in school aren't, aren't passionate about something, but I just, I, I reached a point where I was like, I think I can continue on with life and I don't necessarily need this. Yeah. Um, I get it. So. What'd your parent, what'd your parents do growing up? Uh, so my dad worked at TVA for 35 years. He wow. retired um, for like two weeks and then went to work at uh, Discovery, which is where he works Good now. Good for him. Um, he's in their he's, he's in their IT support. Um, Good. That's awesome. And uh, my mom was a Spanish teacher at my high school. Yeah. Um, and then and now she actually works for me. <laughs> she really? Does, she does my books. <laughs> that's super cool. <laughs> it's great. It's Trustworthy great. It's woman. A, absolutely. Nobody's going to steal any money. That's for sure. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, she's not on her she, watch. It's been it's absolutely not. <laughs> um, you don't know how true that is. Um, yeah. It's been in, it's been an interesting shift from like you know a, a mother son relationship to a, a boss. Yeah. What I don't even I wouldn't even say. Ever tell her to go to her room? I I tell her <laughs> she'll laugh if she listens to this too. I tell her to stay in her lane. I like um, that. <laughs> yeah, I've had to tell some people that before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she's yeah. yeah, she's amazing. I'm, I bet that's I'm tough. You're like, to... mom, <laughs> don't treat me like that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Most of the time, honestly, it's me going the other way. I, yeah. I treat her a little loose, and and uh, yeah. yeah, it comes across. Well, I would well, never say what I say to an employee, but I will say it to my mother sometimes out of you know I, a I moment you. of whatever. Yeah. So there's been some apologies. Yeah, knowing she's not going to quit. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Well, what would your dad do at TVA? Um, same thing that he's doing at Discovery. IT? Yeah. Yeah. IT support. TVA is a huge company. It is. It yeah. is. It's very uh, important to, uh, I mean, obviously new deal, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. all that. Very important to these lights that yeah, were in these... this microphone yes. <laughs> power. Uh, yeah. Also to our, uh, uh, passions as well. The, the, you know, tailwater fishing Absolutely. and all that kind of stuff yeah. is because of that. Absolutely. Yeah. It allows us to, to have some good waters to fish on yeah. a regular basis. Well, what about the, uh, what about the, the child acting thing? Is that, it, is that real? It, it's real. It didn't really like I did some modeling stuff, you know, like yeah. like you. I had an agent in, in Nashville. I don't remember the name um, that got me a few gigs. But most of when I say I was a child actor is really what it means is that I was in like all my school plays. I, I had oh, yeah. a lead or somewhere I, mm-hmm. a prevalent role in most of them. Um, so that's, that's where I, I'm a, I'm a theater kid yeah. really, really is what that means. What, wh- where did that come from? Like personality wise, like it, what, what, what itch did that scratch growing up? Attention. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, I was definitely the like outgoing, like yeah. kind of wild child and got me in trouble. I growing up, I was always the kid that got a spanking coming home from Sunday school. Like, yeah. Always, every time. Um, and yeah, for, for that reason of, I was acting out trying to get attention or something like that. But yeah. I think there's kind of two, two reasons people get into it. One is either I want attention or the other is like escapism, Yeah, you know, being yeah. somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the more interesting ones. The other, the, the ones that just want the attention like <laughs> yeah. us, cause that's totally why I got into it. Yeah. Like I just, yeah. I was the class clown. I was going to get in trouble if yeah. I wouldn't, you know, if I wouldn't give you an outlet to, to, yeah. Yeah. To, give me a credit to make you laugh, <laughs> yeah. you know, instead of. In school suspension, whatever. <laughs> uh, when did the when did, did you ever try to make it a real job, or were you like, ah, I just no, I'm done, I'm done with it. No, I I pretty I think after after high school, I pretty much was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start a business and and go that route. I I knew pretty much at that point I wanted to do a business. So that's um, excellent though that you. That you knew, I mean, going to business school at UT, it seems like, yeah. I mean, people don't know what they want when they're 20. It sounds like you had a pretty good idea yeah. of it. And it was like, I want to start a business. I don't know what it is yet, but. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I had some people in my life that um, were a little bit, I was friends with some people that were a little older. So like I was in high school and a, a lot of my friends were in college. Hmm. And so they were already reaching that point. So I was just there by proxy and was like, oh yeah, this is what I need to do in life kind of thing. And so I got. Got some cool opportunities to work, you know. Try my hand at at things that I I don't think the average high schooler gets a chance to. I think it's it's always good to uh, surround yourself with people who are better than you or mm-hmm. older than you or Absolutely. something. You know, when you're yeah. younger, yeah. And instead of being the best one or the oldest one, yeah, you don't get to grow as much that way. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, what was the business school thing like? So, Lee, what were you studying at Lee? 
Do they make you um, study Bible stuff there? Or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you graduate, I think, there with a business or with a, a Bible minor. Mm. Um, so, you, yeah, you definitely. Everybody gets a Bible minor. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, Is that a big part of your growing up, the church thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah church growing up was definitely, um, you know, I was there. Pretty, it's cliche, but I was there when the doors were open kind of thing. My, yeah. my parents were super involved. Well, and it was probably, too, if you were homeschooled. I don't know. I mean, I know homeschooling is different than just, you mm-hmm. know, one-on-one with a parent. But, like, it's probably a big part of, your, of social life, too, if if yeah. you're not in school five days a week, tw- you know, however many hours we're at school. Absolutely. We yeah. Yeah. Sundays and Wednesdays were, like, it were definite social days. I yeah. had kind of an interesting homeschooling experience because I actually did my homeschooling with my mom at for most of it. At Berean. the high school, at the Bere- at Berean. So I would yeah. like sit in her classroom. So that's, and that may be, you know, I'm saying this out loud. Maybe I'm realizing it right now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but I, maybe that's where I like learned to hang out with, you know, older kids. Older kids was yeah. I was kind of always around high school students. Yeah. So, and I, I, I don't, I don't know this. I think anecdotally, it, it would be, I don't know, like I, I feel like the social development is a really big part of school for mm-hmm. kids and the fact that you got to spend some, time around more of them instead (laughs) of just with your parents or whatever. Yeah. Probably, you know, there's definitely the, the cliche of like homeschool kids are weird. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I didn't want to say it, but I, but I know, I know all that. I I had a lot of homeschool friends that were weird. (laughs) Still do. Still do. Some of the smartest Um, people I know too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for real though, for real, it's pretty easy to skip a grade when you can, you know, work on the same subject for, multiple days and, you know, get ahead and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you don't have to necessarily follow what the, the rest of the group is doing. Learn would you homeschool pace. your kids? I would not. You would not. Personally. Um, that's more of like a, a personal choice of what yeah. I wanted, like m- for me than necessarily the child, yeah. if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, too much of but, a burden on the parent. Yeah. yeah. That's really You'd rather run a business. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah that's, pay for web. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I would, I'd love to send, you know, one day I'd love to send my kids to, to, to a private school or something like that. But yeah. I, I don't discount the public education either. I think it's like, I think, especially in this town, it's great. Yeah. So. That's one of the things I, you know, I've got friends all over the state that I met in college at UT or wherever. And, you know, if you were a uh, an upper middle class white kid in Memphis or Chattanooga, mm-hmm. Nashville maybe not as much, but still a, a lot. You went to private school, yeah. You know, and yep. and here it's it's. I mean, a lot of them did go to Web, CAK Catholic, and all that, but yeah. a lot of people got a great education at public school, yeah. And their parents are a couple hundred thousand dollars richer because of it. Yeah, um, <laughs> save the twenty thousand dollars a year on yeah, yeah on education for. <laughs> Yep. One or two kids, yep. you know, Absolutely. I mean, I've done the math on it. I've got two little girls that are going to be in school soon. And, it, you know, yeah, pu- public schools are pretty good. Yeah. Right that, now. Do you think that's what you guys will do? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that's what cool. you said, we have good ones, you yeah. know, yeah. Well, we're lucky yeah, I, to live in a place gonna, that has good ones. They're not going to miss out on, on much. Yeah. I worry about what kind of trouble they're going to get into, <laughs> but that's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Right? That, yeah. That existed at, at even at Berean. That really? trouble existed. For yeah. Sure. I yeah. just remember how I treated, you know girls when I was 14, 15, 16, yeah. you know, it, it just, I'm like, man, yeah, I deserve this. I deserve two little girls. Seen the eyes like clockwork orange is going to have to watch, watch them suffer. Hopefully, hopefully you have a shotgun, you know, yeah. at this, if you don't, you need one. Yeah. You know, I've got one. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good. Yeah. I do. I just, I'll just clean it. I won't even 
I don't yeah, you don't need to use it. it. You don't need to clean it. It's 100%. Yeah. Strictly a prop. <laughs> well, so what, what, like, what else are you looking, you know, forward to with, with your company? It sounds like it's growing like crazy and it sounds like it's, you guys are adapting and adaptable to, you know, whatever yeah. the market throws your way. So what are you looking at? moving forward that's either new or maybe it's staying the same. Who knows? Yeah. Well, so actually I got the call today that we are a go um, on something exciting, which is that we are expanding to the other half of the building that we're in right now. So there's a whole nother half to ours that um, is just empty warehouse space and we're going to build out offices. And so we'll be able to separate the studio from our workspace, which is currently shared. If you go to, if you go tomorrow, you'll see it's, it's, all in one spot and very crowded. I might stop by and, on my uh, way. On yeah, my you way should. In. You should. They'll be there all day. So cool. Um, but yeah, we're we're going to expand over there, build offices, and have you know, kind of still very open kind of feel. But that I'm I'm excited to kind of separate that. Um, so that's kind of one practical thing. Um, I think that's great, man. Um, that's big news, man. <laughs> yeah, it is, like it is. It's 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 wild. Like it's we just moved in there like you know three years ago. So like to already have you know we're we've already outgrown it is just kind of mind-boggling that that's the right direction yeah yeah it's scary still um to kind of sleep at night but um that's what i've grown the last like the last six months have been like a straight up line for us in terms Good. of growth um in which terms is crazy of, because in terms of, right and it's pandemic yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been real but you think about it people need what we do now more than ever right yeah like, you know i hear uh different you hear different um uh metrics every day but it's like People are taking in 20% more content on their phone now than they were pre-pandemic. Yep. I know I am. Yeah, <laughs> I am this too. Dude, my COVID, phone tells me. During my COVID lockdown, I literally got a notification that I had eight hours of screen time one day. Wow. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's yeah. bad. Yeah. I mean, I can't blame you too much. I was like sitting there all day with nothing to do, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I know I am. Um, I And, you know, I, I don't certainly don't want to make light of it at all. I, I, more than anything, want to uh, show some, some gratitude for this, but we're very lucky to be in an industry that yeah. was, you know, at the very least stayed the same. Yeah. You know, our, if we were in the live music business, yeah. our business would have gone away. Fortunately, we're in the content creation business yeah. where it's still, the show had to go on to some extent. Yeah. We it had, did the best we could adapt to, to what it needed to be, to be safe. But yeah. Yeah. Did you guys we, do a bunch of, uh, did you guys have to really pivot hard and, and, and lean into the COVID restrictions and guidelines and all that to make your clients feel good about things and to kind of yeah, do things smartly? Or did you just kind of back up a little bit and not work as much? We, we backed up. We definitely said no to some projects that really you know, kind of thinking through, the logistics of how we can be safe in this environment is not feasible. Really? Um, the room's too small or something like that. And, yeah. And so we wow. had, we had to turn down stuff, um, which was like really hard to do, honestly. Um, yeah. You seem like, you it, seem like, uh, the, the kind of guy who's, uh, would is smart enough to, if you have business coming <laughs> we'll in, make you're going to take yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. It kind takes. of a yes, man. But, uh, but yeah, that was, I mean, for the sake of my team and, and, yeah. you know, I got, I got to put them first. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, funny enough, I actually emailed, uh, so I, I don't know if you want to talk about Knox media for a minute, but absolutely, I, I, we, yeah. we can get yeah, there, yeah, yeah. but, but yeah. in a Knox media meeting, um, 
uh, I don't know if it's Kristen or Brian had mentioned like, Hey, we're working on ours. And when we get it done, you know, we'll send, send it out to everybody. Mm. And so I got wow. an email from Kristen with what you guys were doing. And really? I was like, this is, this is freaking awesome. Well, you know, what? We'll, frankly, we didn't need half the stuff you guys were doing because you're much bigger than us, but you know, we're going to adapt this into what we need it to be. Yeah. But it gave it us, gave us a great baseline of good, a good way to, to approach these things. Well, I, I have something give... we knew the networks too, were going to be cool with sure. not that we do network stuff, but if they're going to say, check the box, then it's probably good. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, um, we had a we had a staff meeting right after the 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 lockdown and 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 identified the two or three ways we could approach this. Mm-hmm. We could say uh, business as usual. Um, we could say, well, this isn't that big of a deal. We don't really need to change the way that we're doing things um, and just kind of resist a little bit. Or we can be the people who lean the hell into it yeah. and and say, hire us because we're the most COVID compliant yeah. company out there. And that third one, the one I mentioned just yeah. now, was the one that, that we went direction. with. Yeah. And we had three producers who worked for a month on this right COVID guy. Do. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> Again, just Brian Allen being brilliant. Yeah. But uh, we, uh, we, we, we spent, like I said, three, three producers. It took them a month to come up with all that stuff. We sent it to Discovery. Because they were mandating all the production companies come up with stuff. Mm-hmm. And then what I heard is that legal got back to got back to the department we were working with and said, we're going to send this to all the production companies that we <laughs> that we partner awesome. with That's because awesome. this is the most exhaustive and best plan that we've seen. And that was strictly, I mean, Brian's directive, but but Kristen Maggini and her team did an amazing job yeah. of coming up with just the smartest, safest way to they do did, stuff. I, as I was reading through it, I was like, like, damn, this is, this is good. Yeah. Like, they looked is, at all different industries. They didn't just look at the filmmaking yeah. industry. They looked at what everybody else was doing and then just kind of put the right stuff in place. I was super impressed. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we've, we've adapted and, and had to do, you know, kind of what we had to do during, during that time. We didn't work from home for a while or we did work from home mm-hmm. for a while. And then eventually we were starting to pick up shoots and it was kind of like, well, we're all kind of around each other. We're kind of our own little bubble. You know, we don't use contractors really much at all. Um, So why don't we just come back to the office for a little while? And now um, with me getting COVID and then passing it to somebody in the office, Mm -hmm. it was kind of a, an eye opening situation for us. Yeah. I was like, okay, you know what we need to, let's, let's, let's get back to the, to what we were doing before. Mm -hmm. When you think about it, nothing's changed. Right. Since, since March of last year. No, it's like, worse now. It's, it's worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, when things are less like, careful. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, bed alarm fatigue is real. Um, yeah. And wait, uh, what'd you call it? Bed alarm. What's that? It's like a, it's a, a nursing term. So like there's mm. so many alarms that happen in a hospital that when like a real one happens, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, it's just, it's the alarm. boy who cried wolf. Exa- yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So And people are tired of, yeah. uh, you know, totally. especially people who are, um, who are super careful. They're probably the most fatigued yeah. from all of it. The people who've been, you know, been completely have isolated been, have been staying yeah. at home. Yeah. Well, um, I have to say that when Charlie Debevoise was here, I, you've been on my radar of, of having on the show. I've got you on my first list that I wrote <laughs> a year and a half ago, but uh, he was singing your praises. Like you are the best dude you're you know uh, we're so lucky to have i could you. sing the same about charlie good so, yeah well and, and he mentioned you know the the knox I, I i know about the knox media meetups but he's the one who hipped me to the fact that you started that i had no yeah. idea yeah well, what is it so the the long and short of it really is 
Um, I was rolling off the board of the American Marketing Association in Knoxville. American and, Marketing Association? Yeah, AMA. Um, okay. It's a, a group of marketing folks, hang out, do stuff, um, advocate for. Was that from your uh, from your agency, kind of quasi-agency background? Not really. No. It's still just kind of you know me trying to be in the community of people that I'm trying to work with. Gotcha. Um, and uh, so I was rolling off that board and – was like, you know what? We need like something like this for the production community. What's out there? And like, to my knowledge, there was nothing like nobody was really hanging out or doing anything or like trying to help. You, you mean know, unifying and, this community yeah, that we have around yeah, here? The of largest all, production company, yeah. doing whatever. Yeah, like yeah. nobody's talking. Exactly. Nobody's hanging out. It's um, crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I was, I kind of was like, I feel like I could do this. I'm like a, I'm a, you know, kind of nobody in this, like there's nobody that's going to look at this and be like, that guy's trying to like pull, you know, beef up his company. Nobody kind of feels threatened. By- yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I, I was, I literally just like cold emailed like Stephen land, Charlie um, and Brian and was just like, Hey, would you guys take a meeting? And, you know, I have an idea kind of thing and got together with those guys and, and many others and just kind of chatted about, you know, the possibility of, of us forming this, organization and where we landed was like, okay, let's just throw like a meetup and let's, let's see if people show up. Do people mm-hmm. want to do this? And so we did, we threw a, uh, a, you know, a Wednesday, I think afternoon cocktail, you know, beer kind of thing at uh, Tommy Trent's on, on market square. And um, we had, I think I'd, I'd like sent out, you know, Facebook invites and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we had, I think we had like 80 people show up. Wow. Um, it was packed and uh, this obviously all pre COVID. Sure. Um, yeah. And uh, this was, I guess, 2018, 2019, something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, so, yeah, we just started, we just kept doing those. It was like, okay, well, let's do one a month. And, and you know, it, we averaged somewhere between 30 and, and you know, 60 people. Um, and then we had Avid reach out to us and was like, hey, would, could we buy everyone beer if you let us talk for a little bit? And I was like, the post-production sure. uh, yeah. company that yeah. makes the editing software. The the editing software, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like big dog, right? Yeah. Um, and so they came. I was like, yeah, you can do that. But like, I don't. there's a lot of people that come here that are not editors and would not care at all to, yeah. about what you have to say. Yeah. So if you're cool with like kind of setting up in the corner and like letting the people that want to hang out and talk to you. Talk come to come hang out. Yeah. Those people will be there, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to take I everybody's time. I can't time. promise you a timeshare presentation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so they did, and they had a great they had great success, and really bought everybody everybody beer, and um, so that kind of was like, okay, there's brands here that want to tap into this now. Right. So, um, so we formed like this board, um, and it's it's so informal. It's like we we're like trying to do the 501c3 thing soon. Mm-hmm. We were going to do that last year, but didn't. Um, and so it's just, it's like everybody, we, I, I basically reached out to what I saw as, you know, kind of the, the heads of production in Knoxville and was like, all right, you guys have a stake in whether this industry lives or dies here. So come on and let's hang out yeah. and let's figure out a way to keep our freelancers here to keep the kids that are graduating from UT from going to LA and yeah. wasting their life yeah. um, or not, but you yeah. know, let's, let's no. keep the talented ones here um, and, and, you know, able to make some good money here and, uh, and, and let's, you know, let's figure out a way to, to do some uh, you know, kind of uh, what's the word like, like industry learning um, yeah. you know, you're kind of growing your, your personal career and your, sure. your own knowledge here. Um 
And so that's kind of, those are the bones, right? Like that's, that's, that's what we've kind of identified as the four pillars is like, we'll do this networking stuff, build community. We'll do some, you know, extracurricular education kind of opportunities. Let's have Avid come in and do a presentation Mm -hmm. and people can sign up for that. Um, Then we also have kind of talked about doing uh, like an East coast NAB. Um, So like Canon and Sony had reached out to us about, Hey, we'll bring all of our lenses and some cameras and let let you guys play for an afternoon kind of thing. And it was like, Oh yeah, Yeah. let's do that. So So like a super, a a super specific trade show. Yes. For them to, I mean, exactly. Those guys go and set up at CES and NAB and all that. And you know, they're, they are, hoping that one of the 200,000 people, some of the 200,000 people care about what they're doing yeah. and and a small sector probably do. Yeah. But for them to have a super captive audience of yeah, people of that people they know that, that all are they, using they, they eat, live and breathe this stuff every yeah. day. Yeah. It's valuable for them. Um, so, and then also stack that event with like maybe some awards or something like that at some point, maybe, um, you know, some, get some like cool directors in from LA or, you know, some, some, studio owners from Atlanta that are, you know, those studios are popping up like crazy. So I hear, yeah. Um, and have those people talk about how they've built their towns kind of thing. Um, and so kind of have an event like that. And then the final thing is we were talking about the next generation, right? So like initially it was, my idea was like, we should like get an endowment and start like some sort of, yeah. So not start a school, but like, let's, let's give some kids some money to go to school. Like these kids Mm. that maybe would, would, you know, be, would not have the opportunity to go to school. Sure. Let's help fund them. And, uh, but what the, the board wisely brought back was, which is hilarious because I don't have a college education, mm-hmm. um, that you don't need a college degree in order to, sure. to do this stuff. So right. why don't we give them opportunities? So now we're kind of working through what an internship program might look mm. like. That is a Knox media internship, quote mm-hmm. unquote, that would give a, a, a student an opportunity or not student, an 18 to 20 something year old, an opportunity to intern at a company like ours Mm -hmm. and then go intern at a company like Jupiter that produce very different styles of content. Sure. But they're able to be on set or be in the post house or, you know, whatever and get multiple worldviews, you know, kind of presented to them of what content is like and what this industry is like. Um, and so we haven't really figured out what that looks like on like a practical basis. That's something like literally we had the meeting a couple of weeks ago to start that conversation. Um, but that's something that we're trying to figure out is like, okay, how does Knox media, you know, and there's advantage from the production company standpoint too, of sure. like getting top tier interns, people mm-hmm. that are very passionate and care. Um, it's a noble cause. And it's also, I think we can support it. I think the market can support that kind absolutely. of stuff. Yeah. And you know, if it's a, you know, call it a scholarship, call it an internship or whatever it is. But I, uh, I was not a part of a a program like that, but I was adjacent to a program like that, uh, in Los Angeles when I got my first PA gig on a show called Mr. Romance. I got, I got the, the gig (laughs) is reality. What is this show? (laughs) It was a, uh, it, it was, I think the show was underwritten by Harlequin novels, like the romance novels. Okay. And yeah. it was on Oxygen Network, which was Oprah's network. Awesome. And it was a, a competition show of who was the most, you know, chivalrous rom- romantic guy. <laughs> and then they would be on the cover of a Harlequin book. That's great. Yeah. It was the, my first day on set. I was driving uh, Fabio to set from uh, the lot in a, in a white this. transpo van to, he literally rode up on a white horse for the first shot. If that no. lets you know how cheesy. This show was, 
But all the PAs I worked with on that show were from a program called Streetlights in L.A. Okay. And uh, I don't know if the program's still around. I don't know if it's still a thing. But uh, the production company that uh, put on that show, that produced that show, Mr. Romance, uh, sourced a lot of their production assistants from that program. And that program took inner city kids that were either, you know, community college or trade school kids Mm -hmm. um, that – I don't want to say we're directionless and didn't know what to do, but it gave them a shot in the industry. It gave them a a way that they weren't, that they probably couldn't have found themselves. It put them on set and, you know, and the production company. Yes. And and so the production company paid pretty much contracted with streetlights and, and gave, gave them, you know, money, however much it was, you know, here's 10,000 bucks. Give us 10 PAs for, you know, two months. I don't know what it is, you know, whatever it's, it it was a, it was a, uh, it it was a a program where they were groomed and trained to work on set. And then they were also a, uh, a resource for production companies uh, who wanted to do the right thing. um, I wonder if that exists outside of that market. Maybe. That would be something because like we don't need to reinvent the wheel here. Like, no, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's 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 a pre, it's a pretty good, um, uh, you know, like I said, it's noble. Um, it, it's helpful to the marketplace because mm-hmm. they're training the mm-hmm. people up. Absolutely, um, they're they're teaching PA school. You yeah. know, yeah, and and then these kids are also getting into the industry where they can make their own way. Yeah. It's opportunity. I don't, I, and I don't know if you're like this or not, but like when I get when an intern asks me questions and they're like, yeah. "Why do we do this this way?" I yeah. like I have to take a step back and be like, "Wait, why do we do this way?" Okay, <laughs> that's why. Okay, here we go. Like <laughs> it, it makes me kind of check myself. Of like, is this re- like is this necessary? Yeah, it's necessary. Yeah. Okay, this is why. Yeah. Um, I, so. I, uh, I. If if somebody if an intern walks up to me and says why do we do it this way I'm like let's go to lunch how long you got you got three hours I'm gonna unpack this for you, you. see back in the forties <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. it's like nobody ever asked me my opinion man I gotta I, I'm gonna about to unload on you uh, they make that mistake once yeah, or hopefully yeah, they at exactly. least get a free lunch out of it uh, yeah they do yeah I've never seen any of them again it's weird. Well, I I had no idea that that was that that there was that much texture to what uh, Knox Media is. Yeah, and that's why I guess that's why Charlie was like, hey, "Do you know what he's doing? It's awesome." <laughs> I've been purposely trying to fly a little under the radar on that. Okay, to because I wanted to like really I wanted to make sure that it was going to be a thing. Yeah, and before I came out with all these grand visions and grand ideas, like yeah. I am an idea guy and I will yeah. sprint towards the sun. Yeah. Um, so with that, I was given some advice of like, let's, let's pace this, you know, and make sure that this is going to be a sustainable thing and actually helpful. And I think it really is. And I, I think a lot of the people in town also think that. So. I think that you probably have a lot of like minded contemporaries who would yep. agree that it's a good idea and probably help you yep. achieve it. And the, also, and the, I feel like a lot of them are also to the point in their career mm. where they're starting to look back yep. on this stuff versus how do we keep sprinting forward? Yeah. Um, and so that opens up their schedules to, <laughs> to be able to respond yeah. to emails and stuff like that. So. And, and also, you know, when you're, when you're starting out and still looking over your shoulder and not sure, you know, mm-hmm. what the future brings, you're a little less, you're a little less likely to share information. Maybe if you're yeah. insecure, yeah. for instance, yeah. about your position in the marketplace, but 
once you're good, happy with where you're at, then yeah. it, you can start sharing and not, not worry about that guy taking your job. Yeah. It's that whole mentality that I talked about with the freelance market and how lucky we are to have so many people around here who are such pros that they see people who want to come in and do it. They're right there to help the whole, yeah. every step of the way. Yeah. It's the, brilliant. one of the adages that we talked about in the Knox media stuff is like someone will come in and teach you how to roll a cable a different way and it changes your life. Oh yeah. You, so it's like, that's what we're looking for with Knox media and like the freelance community being so, you know, collaborative mm-hmm. is, is that standpoint of just like, help me be better at my job and I'll help you yes. produce something great. Yes. Like, and yeah, that's, it's, it's a cool place to be. Like, I don't know if Knox will always be this way. Um, but at least in my circle and the people that I'm around, like that's that, and it sounds like you're the same way is it's, that's, it's real and it's cool. We're moving the needle. Yeah. We're doing, we're doing real stuff. Yeah. What else we got? Anything? Oh gosh. I, all night. What time is it? <laughs> <laughs> We've been at it an hour and some change. Yeah. I say we, uh, I say we part two this thing sometime. I'm down. Let's do it. I'm, we still haven't talked about my flying machine. Your what? Your fly, dude. No, your, next, go, your go kart. No, 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 no. I time. want to talk about it right now. I have to. I forgot, <laughs> dude. This is the this is the bad thing. I talked to Sam about this last week. He's like, uh, you used to write stuff down. Why don't you write stuff down anymore? I'm like, steel trap, man. Got it right up here. I forgot about it. Keeps you. it keeps flowing. So I get it. It, I get it, it does. I hate to be just like staring down at a piece yeah. of paper the whole time. Yeah. You have a go-kart with a parachute on it that flies through the <laughs> air, do. don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, that ties into production too. So I got my license and it's called a powered parachute. I got my license for it because at the time there was no drone license. And so you had mm. to be a pilot and apply for a 333 exemption for, with the FA in order to fly a drone commercially. Right. And that was the cheapest way to get my pods license. And I took one. So I, did you have I, to get hours in it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had to get, you know, a license. I have a sport pilot's license for it. So okay. it's, it's, it's real. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's a manned aircraft, which is different than the, it is. it's a two seater manned aircraft. I think part two, are should, you asking me to come for a ride? I think part two should be in the air. <laughs> Dude, I gotta be honest. Every time I see videos of you flying around in that thing, I'm scared to death. I don't know why. And I'm not scared of heights or anything like that. It's pretty, it's pretty. So to, to give the, our listeners here a picture. Um, yeah. I so, paint the picture so of what this a, thing is. It's a three wheeled, um, trike essentially that seats two people, um, you know, front back, there's two bucket seats. Um, and then attached to the, the, or I guess going further back behind the passenger is an engine with a propeller on the back. What kind of motor is it? So it looks kind of like an airboat. Um, it's a, it's a, a Rotax 582. So it's, they're like snowmobile engines. Okay. Um, or airplane engines. They're, you know, most of yeah, those are, it's a pretty common brand for those. Okay. Um, and then, so, so it looks kind of like an airboat with a frame and then attached to the top is a parachute. So you start on the ground, hit, go, you lay the parachute out behind you. It's a fan. Yeah. It's a fan. Yeah. So the motor drives this, this big ass fan. It looks like a big exhaust fan. Yeah. You know, you see at a concert or something like that. I mean, really, it looks like an airplane propeller, like Mm. similar size. Gotcha. Um, So that pushes you forward. mm -hmm. So you start with the, with the parachute on the ground behind you. Yeah. It just lays out behind you and then, uh, yeah, hit go and you start moving and the the force of the the wind and you, your momentum forward, bring the parachute up Mm -hmm. and you just give it more power and you go up, you give it less power, you go down, you go 30 miles an hour the whole time. So it's, they call it low and slow. Mm -hmm. Um, you can fly legally, uh, lower than any other aircraft. Okay. Um, you just have to have an emergency landing, you know, procedure. So all the time, if I'm flying lower than a thousand feet, I'm always looking. If the engine dies right now, where are we going? Where, yeah. Um, 
and uh yeah you can go up to like thirteen thousand feet something like that can it's, you really yeah. have you done the highest that? i've gone is 3600 okay and I, it was a so summer it was a summer day yeah it was a summer day um and i was wearing shorts and i kind of that i was like i'm freezing this isn't fun would and you have gone you're going so you slow 100 percent of what yeah but you're going so slow that like once you get up that high you don't feel like you're moving you're just like and you're because you're climbing slow and you're moving slow so you're just like just kind of floating there is how you feel um but it's it's pretty it's a cool way to, to see the world there's nothing in front of you so you know you're it's open air so you're sitting at 2000 feet i got degrees. my legs dangling yeah. and you know just looking around and uh so you turn by pushing out on these levers and they pull the parachute down on one series side of or the other yeah to create drag and okay. makes you go right and left okay um so yeah it's 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 wild. I've I've flown a lot downtown. I used to take off in Sequoia Hills. I was going to ask park where there. you where you uh, do you have to go to a runway or do you just you know yeah, find so, a neighbor that has a long enough airstrip? <laughs> That's an ideal situation. Um, I can go to the airport. I can I can take off at, at I can Island take Home off at McGee Tyson. And theoretically, they would not be happy because it'd take me about thirty minutes to clear their airspace. Um, <laughs> they'd be like, all right, bro, come on. It might, um, now might be a great time to take off from McGee. That's true. Actually, now's flight. the moment. I'll wait till they get their second runway. So I can be like eye to eye with the seven, seven forty-seven. Do they, are they getting one? Oh yeah. They've been working. It's the project that never ends. They've been working on that runway for like 10 years. Well, um, I, I always, when I'm getting off a plane at McGee Tyson, they're like, if McGee Tyson is your final, blah, 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 then do this. And if it's, if you're laying over and I'm like, ah, <laughs> Lays Who's over, here? over here? <laughs> <laughs> They're just here to go eat at the Ruby Tuesday. Yeah, That's it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is their destination. So you, how do you take off? Where do you take off from? Okay. So yeah. So I can take off in those places. I used to take off in Sequoia Hills in that giant grass yeah. strip. Uh, familiar with that area. Yeah, so the park. Yeah. The park right on there. Cherokee yeah. Boulevard. Um, it was awesome. There would always be people watching people come up to me afterwards, ask me what the hell is that? Yeah. Thing? Um, and uh, it's, it's great. Unfortunately, the the uh, KPD have decided that it's not okay for me to do that. So. Were you the impetus for that uh, law? Uh, maybe I don't know. Like, here's the, the situation. Did, did with they get that you taken off or catching, taking off or, or touching down? Landing. landing. Well, but somebody probably called them while yeah. I was flying around. So I've I've landed there a few times and talked to police officers, and, and several of them have said, "Cool, keep yeah. doing it. Like, no big deal." Yeah. Um, and then a couple of them have said, no, please mm-hmm. never do this again. Um, so I just kind of, <laughs> I kind of roll, roll the dice, frankly, sometimes yeah. whether I fly out of there, but I don't do it really much at all anymore. Um, most of the time I fly in Maryville now. So there's a, a, a guy that has a beautiful piece of property out there. He has a bunch of airplanes. Oh, and so cool. he mows his, his own strip and it's right at the doorstep of the foothills parkway. Nice. So do you get up 1500 feet and you can see all the Smokies clear to North Carolina. It's, it is truly unbelievable. What's the range like on your, uh, so you're going 30 so, miles. Yeah. An about hour. 60 miles. So 60 miles. Yeah. Okay. So you can fly for two hours. Yeah. Wow. By, by myself. If I got a passenger about an hour, 15, really after an hour, you're kind of like, yeah, um, I'm done. It's like riding that motorcycle here. right there. It's yeah. like, it, it works. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. It's not the, the most enjoyable way to get around. Have um, you ever used it as transportation? Like, oh, I'm going to fly over here and have lunch. Um, No. <laughs> Just because it's such a I'm, bitch to unload I, yeah, and, get, it's, and get geared it's, up. It's more of like, you need, you got to find the place to, to, to land and, 
be able to take off again. Like right. you can land in a pretty short amount of space, like 50 feet. I can be down. Are you but, serious? But I need like 300 feet with no trees on either end to get up. Mm. Um, have you ever, any- if I'm, if, if it's just me, but yeah, I guess if you're only going 30 miles an hour, like the brakes are probably pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, the brakes are, <laughs> are I the parachute. Turn the end, I turn the engine off and the parachute falls. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. I do have a brake, but rarely use it. Yeah. Um, have you ever had any close calls? Yeah. This is where mom should yeah, not listen yeah, mom, anymore. Mom could turn. They, my mom and dad haven't gone with me yet. Um, yeah, and I don't know really why that is, but hopefully one day I'll get them up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've had a couple close calls. One time I I had done some maintenance on it and I took off and I had finger tightened the oil cap back in mm-hmm. on the side of the engine, and uh, I something inside of me was like look back after you take off. And I yeah. never look back and check the engine because it's really hard to do. Yeah. But I was like, I worked on it. I should. So I turned around and looked and there's oil shooting out of the side of the engine. Like the plug? Yeah. Like the that plug. That keeps where you, where exactly. you change the oil? Exactly. Yeah. And it was, yeah, shooting out. It's an oil injected engine. So bad news. So I turned it off immediately and, you know, turned around. Luckily I wasn't too far away from the, from the strip and yeah. put it down in an emergency landing um, and everything was fine. But yeah. I've well, had some bumpy. So if there's more than like five mile an hour wind, it can get pretty wild. Really? Yeah. I've, I've had hit some wind shears where I'm flying along and now all of a sudden I hit this, hit this wind and now I'm looking pretty much straight up at the sky and climbing, uh, super fast. Um, so it can get wild if there's a storm coming or any sort of weather, but most of the time I'm pretty safe about when I choose to fly. So, well, I mean, a pilot's license, no matter what, even if it's, uh, the, uh, unmanned aircraft, uh, the drone license, it's a rigorous, you know, oh, training yeah. regimen. Oh, yeah. You, they don't let just anybody yeah. up there unless you know your shit. Absolutely. The te- yeah. Test for especially drones. It, hilariously, there's no proficiency test with a drone test. Like there's not. No, you don't have to. Oh, that's go, right. You just have you to take have a to, test. Yeah. You just have yeah. to. You just have to. But the test is hard. Like it, it's you're reading hard. sectionals. You're reading, yeah. you know, METARs, METARs. And, uh, the weather. And yeah. yeah, it's it's tough. But so did you have to fly a couple hours in that thing with a, with a, uh, yeah. a buddy next to you, a, 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 a pilot, an instructor, an yeah. instructor? Yeah. Yeah. CFI certified flight instructor. So oh, yeah. they, uh, there's a guy in Morristown that teaches if everybody's interested in this for real, I need friends that are into this. So like, it looks it's, so bad. It's relatively cheap to get into. You're talking like anywhere from 10 to $20,000 to get a aircraft. Yeah. Um, and l- low maintenance you use unleaded gas. So it's like operating costs pretty low. So anyways, there's a guy in Morristown that that is an instructor. Um, he's actually holds the world record for the longest flight. Flew from Morristown to Oshkosh, Indiana. Um, wow. And not in one continuous flight, just one. Like he, he would stop to refuel along the way. But oh, one, wow. One, one trip. Um, he so section anyways, hiked it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> section hiked it. Uh, so, yeah, he's in he's in Morristown. Um, had to do 15 hours with him. Um, and, you know, really by like – Hour seven, I was soloing. It's not really. It's not hard. Okay. Yeah. What's it? What's it called? A powered parachute. Powered parachute. There's a Facebook group that I started. (laughs) (laughs) I'm into starting groups. Apparently, Uh, I'm all about the community. Um, Yeah. There's a Facebook group. It's called Powered Parachutes Parentheses PPC. There's like 3,500 pilots in it, and like literally all over the world. If I went to any state, if I went to almost any country, yeah, 
there would probably be somebody there that's that's flying. Does it fit in the bed of a pickup truck? It does not. Okay. Uh, it's have a trailer. It yeah, it's got a trailer. Okay. So there's another there's another thing called a PPG powered paraglider, which okay. does fit in the back of a pickup truck. That's the guys that, that put it on their back. Yeah. They take off running. Yeah. And and that's who I fly with primarily now. Really. There's a lot of those guys. Are there more of those than there are? There are. Yeah. P what? PPC PPC. Yeah. Yeah. There are. Um, and that can, has a motor on it? That has a motor. So yeah. it's like a backpack those with wings are, and a those, motor? Yeah. Those guys are crazy. That's like one step <laughs> above a squirrel suit. Yeah. Uh, except you can go back up. That's the, that's oh, the yeah. difference. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's wild. Dude, that's fascinating. I, I, I'm i glad. I would I'm, love to take you up sometime. If I'll you, go. If you, yeah, I'll go with you. Okay. Yeah, as long as we don't tell my wife or my mother. Okay. Deal. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've been down that do. road. Yeah. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. I don't keep anything from them, but, but that, but that, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, uh, they'll see it on, on your Instagram. Did They're you do like, it for, uh, mean? did you do it for, uh, photography and, and video stuff? Is that the reason you wanted to get that, that point of view, that vantage point? Um, or, or was it just cause you wanted to no, like the thrill? Seek? Literally, literally I got in, I did it with no intention of actually owning one and being a pilot. I just wanted to fly my drone. So I did it just for the FAA certificate to be able to fly a drone. And then but because I took Morristown one, guy, I took one flight in. You it, got bit with the and bug. And I was like, "This is insane! Like, how come I, nobody does this? Yeah, exactly. How it's, come there's no Facebook group? It, it, <laughs> there wasn't. Hilariously, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's it is like, yeah, I fell in love. Definitely fell in love with it. That's yeah, fun. Is it too loud to record a podcast up there? <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, I've got a mic set. So we could we, that, we get the voice actuated headphones. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I have. But like, I don't know. We could try it. <laughs> I've thought about that uh, to do like some sort of like interview, uh, you know, people up there, and then like at mid mid sentence of their talking, just like cut the engine off and yeah. <laughs> yes. we just start singing. They're like, okay, <laughs> and then turn it back on and be like, all right, what's the answer? <laughs> well, that's the thing is that's that, like it's like a hot ones kind of you know approach exactly. of like you're getting people's exactly. guard down. So. Yeah, I've, I've talked to I've talked to somebody about a uh, ride to the river. Uh, like you know you you end up. Uh, whenever you go fishing, a lot of times you have to do the shuttle thing. You got to put the, yeah. especially, you know, rapid water. You got to put the boat at the bottom or the car at the bottom so you can go up to the top, right. float down to your car. The conversations you have <laughs> in between the bottom and the top are like, you know, the first time you've seen this guy in, you know, months and you're fishing together. And it's yeah. Like, what? <laughs> this is good content. Yeah, here. absolutely. <laughs> Again, like hot ones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got to get, get the guard down a little bit. Yeah. Well, dude, thank you so much for for doing this. I appreciate it Man, thank a you. lot. And I'm, I'm glad to know you. <laughs> glad to know you too. We're going to go, uh, we're going to go get high together is what I call it. Oh, I like that. I like it. That's just what I'll tell my wife. She'll probably be down get, for that. It's going to get high with my buddy. Get high. <laughs> Dude, it's uh, great to meet you. Man, great having you on. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. For I, real. I appreciate everything you're doing here. And like, it's, it's a huge honor Based on the people that I've listened to on this podcast, it's a huge honor to be on it. So thanks for asking me. Thanks for saying that and keep pushing them my way. <laughs> I will. recommend I anybody will. you want. We'll have them on. I absolutely will. Cool. I've got, I've, yeah, I've got a list of people that I want to hear. <laughs> Send it my way. All right. Take care. Thanks. All right. How'd we do, guys? What a pleasure to meet that man. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for taking care of us on Patreon and Instagram and all the other places that you guys engage with us. Uh, you can become part of the Patreon community at patreon.com slash south of scruffy. That's how we keep the lights on here. So if you guys enjoy what we do and you find yourself listening a lot and you 
figure you want to support the podcast some way, that's a good way to do it. Uh, again, patreon.com slash south of scruffy. There's a few different ways to support us there. Send me an email if you want to chat, south of scruffy at gmail.com. Guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it a lot. Matt Honkinen, play me out. <laughs> <laughs>